Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to Anchored In Always. In recent episodes, we've been looking at some of the sneaky idols in our lives, things like the idol of comfort and control. And today we're going to talk about another one that I hear often and that I myself have struggled with, and that's the idol of marriage. I've had conversations with a number of women just in the last few weeks alone who are struggling in their marriages and just feeling hopeless. I know that I felt that way at very low times in my own marriage. If God wants us to respect our husbands and our husbands to love us fully, and if marriage is the representation of Christ and his bride, which is the church, how do we keep it from becoming an idol while still placing a priority of importance in our lives? Let's look at some passages in the Bible together to dig into this topic. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 say, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And Matthew 10, 37 through 39 says, The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it, and anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. And I think we can say whoever loves a a husband or wife more than me is not worthy of me. You know, it's not the issue of simply loving the world or delighting and enjoying it or even being thankful for certain things. Rather, idolatry of it is more in loving the world or the things in it the way the world does, placing value and importance over the Lord and the kingdom of God. So even with our spouses, again, the issue isn't so much about loving our spouses, enjoying them, or being thankful for them, but more about how we go about doing that. Are we loving our spouse from a worldview or a biblical view? Are we placing them before our relationship with God? So what are some ways that we might know that we are placing our marriage or spouse as an idol in our life? Do you experience severe anxiety at the thought of losing your spouse or your marriage? Does it prevent you from growing in your faith, experiencing joy in the present, and doing the ministry or the work that God has called you to do in your home, your church, or the world? When we are in a place where we constantly think about and worry and hold so tightly to our spouse, This should be a warning flag that they are becoming our hope, what we look to for validation, purpose, and identity. They are replacing that space that God is supposed to be in our hearts and have therefore become an idol. I know for me, it was more the marriage that was the idol. I had dreamed about becoming a wife and a mother my entire childhood. So even the desire for marriage can become an unhealthy one when it rules our hearts and minds. When we believe it will satisfy the longing in our hearts for love, love that honestly only God can fill in our hearts, 
And when every decision is centered around finding a spouse or getting married, you know, if I just find that perfect person and get married and have kids, then my life will have meaning and purpose and I'll be happy. And if you're listening and married, you probably already know that that doesn't work out that way all the time, right? So my parents divorced when I was six years old. I didn't experience growing up with a mom and dad together in the same home. So for me, it became an idol. It was something that I was chasing after that I thought would fill a void. But when I did find the man of my dreams and I got married, I carried all of those unrealistic expectations right into that new marriage with me. You know, we set ourselves up for failure and our marriages up for failure when we place unrealistic expectations on them. My husband was never meant to complete me. We are partners and we are a representation of Christ and his bride, the church, but he is not the source of my peace, security, joy, or even hope. The Bible says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect respect her husband. Ephesians 5 verses 21 through 33. So God's intention for marriages for marriage goes beyond sharing our lives with someone. It reflects his love for the church and it points us to our ultimate hope in Christ's returning to the gospel. When we are married, though, and expecting our spouses to fulfill us, we will be disappointed. Only God can love us unconditionally know our deepest heart's desire better than we do because he's the one that puts them there. Never sin against us and fulfill all of his promises to us. There is no way any spouse can do that. However, does that mean that we can't delight in our spouse? Absolutely not. But our goal should be that our affection and enjoyment within marriage deepens our love for Christ. Jesus needs to be over everything in our lives, including our marriages. Marriage is a way we can display the gospel to the world. We have a constant opportunity to extend grace to our spouse and show repentance. We have the opportunity to realize our shortcomings and place them in our Creator's hands where they can be redeemed instead of our spouses, freeing us truly to love them. So how do we line our marriage up so that it's under God? I think it's important to ask ourselves, are you neglecting time with God and His Word? Do you take time with your spouse to read and pray together? When we don't spend time in God's word, we can easily begin to let the world define our marriage and what a good, fulfilling marriage should look like. So are you reading more secular marriage books than the Bible? Or watching talk shows or listening to podcasts on marriage from a worldly viewpoint rather than a biblical one? Because God created us. He's the one that designed marriage. 
So it would make sense to go to that source, the creator, if we are truly seeking a healthy marriage the way that God designed it. For me personally, I spent most of our early marriage trying to shape and mold my husband into what I thought a perfect husband should be so that we could have what I thought would be a happy marriage. But it didn't work out that way. My focus was in the wrong place to begin with. The lie I believed was that God just wants me to have a happy marriage and, and that, that, that it's fulfilling, so I'm just going to make that happen for myself. But God wanted me to seek Him first. And when we are filled up in Christ, then we can pour out in our marriage. And I had it backwards and was so frustrated and angry because it wasn't working. So when I stopped trying to control and fix my spouse and I started surrendering my own character defects to the Lord and relying on His power and not my own, I began to draw closer in my relationship with God first and foremost. He was filling up the places that I had expected Josh to that he was never intended to. My heart began to soften for my husband, and although he had made choices that hurt me, I realized that I had as well. We both were broken and needing healing that only God could bring. As we saw him, as we sought him more, our marriage began to heal and grow. I often have women ask me, after all that has happened in your marriage, did you ever trust your husband again? And I will tell you, I do trust him because I have fully forgiven him. I recognize my part in our marriage turmoil, and I've asked for forgiveness. And you know what? My hope is not in Josh. He may relapse. He will, in fact, let me down and hurt me, and I will to him as well. But because Jesus is my hope, not Josh, I know that it will be okay no matter what happens. So I choose to be present and grateful in today and find my hope in God. And I'm freed up to just truly enjoy my husband and our marriage for what it was intended and to be for what it was intended to be all along. You know, when we are in tune with the spirit, we will better be in tune with our spouse. I think it's, it's a sort of dance. Sometimes, you know, he needs me to be his helpmate, sometimes a cheerleader, sometimes a lover, and sometimes just a buddy. If we both get our most foundational security from our relationship with God, we will truly be able to just enjoy each other. And when either one of us is struggling, we can be an in-tune partner with them in confidence and peace, knowing that it is not our responsibility or even within our capacity to fix them. So then we can dance the dance that we were intended to and fill the spaces in each other's lives that we are supposed to And let God fill the spaces that only he can. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that I don't have to be my husband's source of joy, security, and fulfillment. That we can come to you and you will fill that void that only you can in our lives. And when we seek you and walk in the Spirit, we are better able to enjoy the relationship that we were intended to with our spouses. God, I pray for the person listening today who is struggling in their marriage right now who may feel hopeless, wondering if they will ever trust their partner or if they will ever find joy in their marriage. God, I pray that they would turn to you right now and seek you, God. And as you restore their heart and fill those broken places, that they will be able to dance the dance that they were intended to with their spouse and find joy in that relationship, having all of their needs met in you. It's in your precious name we pray. 
Hey friend, are you feeling stuck? Maybe in your relationship with God, yourself, or other people in your life? As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling on your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. And be sure to check out my brand new website at anchoredinalways.com for more information and to book your 20-minute free discovery session with me today. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored in Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.